This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Today is Thursday, October 26, 2023. We've got Evangelist Gary Stafford and Evangelist Johnny D. in the house. Brother Johnny, do you want to open us in prayer? Yes. Uh, so good morning, Father God. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, the Kingdom of God. We uh, give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory, and we thank you for this day. Thank you for what you have in store for us. And uh, we thank you for the angels warring for us in the heavenly places. And we thank you for your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome. Brother Gary, over to you, my friend. Okay. Well, uh, Johnny D, let me uh, just uh, welcome our group before we start. And uh, mm-hmm. good day and good evening. Uh, you've heard from Shannon and... Uh, Fellow listeners, wherever you are, how in the world are you? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're covering all over the world today, and I'm excited that we have uh, guest Johnny D with us, and uh, we have an assignment from God himself, uh, you know, for you, and it includes my call as well. And I can't wait to hear it. Also today, we have Worldwide Communion, so you will need to take a moment to get some bread or crackers and some wine or grape juice or whatever you have available. Uh, As God looks at your repentant heart more than what is in the cup. And I've seen miracles take place in taking communion, and I have chosen to take daily communion at the start of each day as I want that relationship, that 
intimacy with the Lord as I commune with him. Maybe you should consider it as well, but be led, of course, by the Holy Spirit. And now, Johnny D., um, we got a program here. Are you missing the call on your life? Well, Johnny D. was born one of four children, being the second one of the four. And Johnny D. shared with me that it was a, a broken home. You know, one filled with domestic violence with verbal and physical abuse. Johnny D., how did you deal with this? Yes, thank you, Gary. So um, it was definitely what I've learned in my journey is that um, when, you know, young people comes out of um, what we call a dysfunctional home or broken home, it would definitely alter every direction, decision, action they make, assignment of their life. And because you're living out of a very broken heart, and a lot of times we don't realize how broken we are um, as we journey through life and how wounded we are. And it caused a lot of hurt and pain in your own life and a lot of hurt and pain in other people's lives as well. Well, you know what, uh, Johnny D., Probably half of our audience has known some part of that brokenheartedness. And uh, how did you feel the emptiness inside? Yeah, so one of the first things I did, the first thing I did is um, obviously I went to the world system looking to fill that void in my life. And obviously I thought, um, you know, the right girl in my life, uh, the right clothes, the right vehicle, and, you know, lots of money. And, uh, and, and my addiction that I had when I was in the world was I enjoyed the club scene. I enjoyed dancing. Uh, I didn't get into the drugs or the alcohol or smoking a lot or gambling, but my addiction was definitely going to the club. In a way, it was a therapy for me that I didn't know about because I was dancing, you know, getting all of the hurt, the pain, the issues out, but I still needed a savior down the road to really save my soul. Wow. Now, Johnny D., uh, one Sunday you were tired of all this, and something happened to you. It was a Sunday afternoon, and you heard a voice say to you, Take a long look at life. And uh, what did you do? Yeah, so that had been about after about six years, I think, of um, living life in the world system, trying to fill that void, uh, trying to find happiness, looking for that pie in the sky or that ladder of success that's going to complete everything in my life. And my, my dreams and goals with the Hollywood world, you know, uh, my gifts and callings with music and acting, singing or dancing. Um, my parents kind of missed that call on their life, my life. They thought it was just a fantasy or dream because everybody wanted to do Hollywood. But that was actually my personality and my gifts and talents. But after about six years of trying to fulfill that, thinking that was going to make me happy, um, 
that's when I, I woke up on a Sunday afternoon and took a long look in the mirror and uh, began to see my whole life, the last six years of my life since I was 18, living out of my parents' home after they had a divorce, a really messy divorce. So I've been out there for about six years trying to pursue that dream, fill the void. And that's when I took a long look at my life and said, uh, things are not working out like I thought. Things are not happening the way I thought. The girl's not working out. The friends are not working out. My, uh, I haven't fulfilled my career, my purpose, and destiny yet. And that's when I began to take a long look at my life at that time. Now, I understand that uh, you were... Uh you were going, uh, a friend uh, that you knew, Dwayne, he, uh, he happened by and on his way home from church. And uh, what, uh, what happened there? Yeah, so, the, um, so that, that time when I took that long look in my life, um, I said, um, Father God, if you're real, you need to prove it to me. And then a week later is when uh, my friend Dwayne in Detroit, Michigan, we used to club and party together. And about a year earlier, he had uh, got saved on me. And every time I see him, he's always preaching to me. So I really didn't want to hear what he had to say. So this day, he felt like the father got put on his heart. You need to just stop by, say hi to Johnny. But don't preach to him. Just stop by and say hi to him. And at that time, he came by, came to my house. And I uh, sat down, watched a little television with me, and he didn't say anything, and I was wondering why he wasn't preaching to me today. And uh, so he, he said, I got to go. I just stopped by to see how you're doing. And I asked him a few questions about a dream I had about heaven. And he said, you know, I was on my way home from church, Johnny, and, and I just heard the voice of the Lord say, go by and see Johnny D today, but don't preach to him. Just stop by and say hello. So he had a little prayer with me on the porch, and then he took off. Wow. Now... You know, you, 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 you're about 24, 25, and the next day on your way to work, uh, you were going to a restaurant, and uh, the song, song on the car radio sounded like people crying in hell. And the yeah. girls on the job, you could see right through them, knowing who they really are, down deep inside, even everyone they slept with. You then called Dwayne to tell him what had happened, and he responded in what way? Yeah, he responded and said, praise the Lord. Um, Father God, has let, he's opening up your eyes, and he's letting you see the world for what it really is, the music that you enjoy, the girls, the life he was living. He's giving you a wake-up call and letting you see the reality of what's happening in the world today. And uh, so, wow. he, uh, he, yeah. So a week later, he he invited me out to church. No kidding. <laughs> well, that was a little change of venue. So uh, what happened? Yeah. So he invited me to this little French church, and uh, I didn't really understand a lot about church at that time. I grew up I grew up in a Baptist church, but we just went for Sunday only saints and um, my parents would just send me out. We didn't have a personal relationship. But um so here I am as an adult by twenty five years old, sitting in church and they um they pre they preaching and singing songs and it was so different from my life in the clubs and everything. And uh the pastor he, he kept preaching and saying that somebody here need to change their life. 
And I was thinking to myself, well, whoever it is, they need to hurry up because I got to get home. I had this girl waiting on me to call her. And I, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, uh, this is your time. The next, the next girl you pick up, Johnny, uh, things are not going to work out good for you. And um, I thought maybe somebody was speaking behind me when they said that. But it was the uh, audible voice of the Lord, I guess, speaking through my, uh, my thoughts and saying, the next one you pick up is not going to go good. And uh, at that time, Dwayne walked down to the aisleway of that church where I was sitting in the pew. And he said, are you ready? And the pastor still was holding the altar over. Somebody need to change their life. And uh, so I got up and walked down and said, I guess this is my day. And that's when I met the Holy Spirit and encountered my life at the altar. Oh, my God. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you, you, that voice was so real that it, you actually <laughs> looked around and thought, is somebody playing games or what? And now yeah. uh, you're given a vision at some point in time. Tell us about it. Yeah, so the vision the Lord showed me is that um, he said the next girl you pick up, that was during the time the AIDS, was, AIDS epidemic was just really um, been, been, really been publicized a lot, put a lot of fear in people. And the Holy Spirit said the next time you pick up a young lady, there's a possibility you can catch that disease. And that really put a lot of fear in my heart. And he showed me a vision of me laying in the casket with my family and friends and, 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 my, and, and my parents standing around you know, obviously saying goodbye. And that, to me, was a wake-up call. <laughs> wow. Good. And uh, you you found yourself in uh, this dream or vision that you found yourself in a casket. Yes. Do I have yes. that right? Yes. That is true. What happened? Yeah, so that's when I got my wake-up call. And um, so I got up, like I said, and walked down to the altar and confessed my sins before the Lord. And it's like uh, the power of the Holy Spirit hit me at the altar, and I was just crying. And uh, and it's like the weight of the whole world just kind of fell off my shoulder and hit the floor. It's like I had been inside this, this huge tank of water doing life every day, trying to survive, to stay alive, to stay afloat. And then so it's like I've been out there carrying this heavy load, uh, false burden and false responsibility about my life and my future and, um, and trying to, you know, provide for myself, take care of myself. And it's like the weight of the whole world just fell at my feet and it's like I was free as ever, like I was free as a bird. And I didn't realize that the, in the spiritual realm, that's the life I had been living. I thought I was just out there doing life like everybody else. But come to find out I had been uh, in the spiritual realm surviving thriving, trying to stay alive, worried about the future, worried about tomorrow, you know, worried about your destiny and everything. Wow. I, uh, Johnny G, uh, uh, the next Sunday was Mother's Day, and, uh, of course, you had no mom or dad around, and what really touched your heart on Mother's Day, and it had to do with your brother and sister. Yeah, so I went home that day, that Sunday, after I gave my heart to the Lord and, you know, got saved, renewed my life. And um, I was a changed person, so I went home and shared my testimony with my brothers and sisters what happened. And my sister, she 
told me years later that while I was doing that, I was at my home and they came over to see me. And they knew something had changed in my life. I wasn't the same person. So she said while I was there sharing my testimony, she kept running into the bathroom because she was crying. The Holy Spirit was moving all over, and I, I didn't even pay attention to that. She said, you didn't notice me kept running out of the room as you were talking? I said, no. So I shared my testimony, and 30 days later, which was Mother's Day, where all my sisters and brothers uh, came into the kingdom of God and gave their life to the Lord as well and were saved. Awesome. Awesome. Do you hear uh, listeners, fellow listeners? He witnessed to his family, brother and sister, and they got saved. And that's what we need to do is go after our family and share the light and the love of Jesus Christ because they're going to hell in a handbasket, and he turned that around by taking the time to bring his brother and sister into the kingdom. Now, you were working with a pastor in uh, 1994, and something happened. Uh, You were down at the church, and what happened? Yes, I think a few years after that, I was uh, doing some volunteer work uh, for the pastor in Detroit, Michigan. And um, at that time, I was saved, but I was still an orphan at that time. You know, I still had a lot of brokenness in my soul, man. Um, My spirit was saved, but my soul still had a lot of trauma and brokenness that I, at that time, didn't get healed or cleaned out. Um, The church didn't know anything about that at the time. And so on the, in the soulless part, my soul man was still that little orphan looking for a father's uh, love, affection, acceptance. So I was trying to, so I started, I would say, but I started living a life as a, uh, as um, I would say as, as an orphan trying to live up to God's expectation, trying to prove myself to God. So um, I was on my way to church one day and um, I told the pastor, I'd go up there and do some volunteer work. And um, the Holy Spirit kept putting on my heart. The the voice of the Lord was speaking through my conscience, my thoughts on my way there. He was saying the day wasn't wasn't a good day to go up there that Friday afternoon. But I couldn't understand why, because I had gave the pastor my word, and I'm trying to live up to an expectation. And at that time, the Lord said the pastor's voice was bigger than God's voice in my life, because I was still that orphan inside trying to look for daddy's approval. So I went to the church that day, um, and a propane tank... um, um, caught on fire, exploded on the second floor of the building, and I was caught in a propane tank explosion um, at, the, at that church that day. Good. Uh, others get out, but you find yourself in a closet, and uh, it, it blows away the propane and sends you through the wall and uh, you fell outside the building. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, the fire blew me into a little, a little small closet on the second floor of the building. And um, I crawled up like an um, infant baby, put my hands over my face. And um, I started just crying out. I just started saying, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus. I couldn't think of any scripture to pray on at that time. And I remember hearing the devil uh Speaking in my thoughts and my voice, my thoughts during that time, saying, "The day you're going to die, say goodbye to all your family and friends. Uh, 
And at that time, the building was kind of shaking a little bit. So it was like the enemy was saying, you're going to fall between the floors and fall all the way into the basement. And so he was trying to attack me with a lot of fear. But I just kept saying, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus. And, um, and I had my hands up on my face. And I kind of looked between the cracks of my fingers and seeing all this fire that was going on around me. And I knew there was no way I was going to get out of that building. But what I remembered is um, it's like a gush of fire shot into the closet. And that fire um, blew a hole in the side of the wall. And um, that fire, blew, and then it, it's like the fire came in and blew me out of the building. So what the Lord showed me a little later in, in the hospital, as I walked back through that whole ordeal, that he was the consuming fire that was more hotter than the earthly fire. And the consuming fire came in and blew that hole in the wall and blew me out of the building. Thank God. You said that uh, when when you uh, fell to the ground, it was kind of like lightly, lightly that you fell to the ground like you were floating. Yes. Before yes. you returned to your body. Yes. Tell us yes. about that. Yeah, so when, I, when it blew me out of the uh, second floor of the building, I had an out-of-body experience. So I was floating in the air, kind of passed out. And then I woke up and I was floating in the air, and it was pretty and blue and real, real just real pretty sky. Everything was peaceful, not like the, the incident that I was just inside the closet with all the noise and the fire and the burning. And, um, and I was trying to figure out what was going on in my life at that time. I was thinking maybe I was having a nightmare, having a bad dream. Maybe I had something bad to eat. And then I'm thinking these thoughts in my head saying, this is the kind of stuff you hear about on movies, on, on the news and people's biographies where they have life and death experiences. I, I can't believe this can be happening to my life today. So when I looked, when I looked over my shoulder, I see my earth vessel uh, still on fire, floating to the ground. And it floated and touched the ground outside the church building, the fire, and it landed real soft out ground. And it's like my spirit man floated back in there like I floated back into my body. And, um, and then I still passed out. And the next thing I heard, the voice of the Lord said, um, I love you. I've given you a second chance. I want you to get up on your feet, Johnny D, and go run for your life and go tell my people that I love them. And I want to give them a second chance. And I, and I, I was still there, crawled up like an infant baby saying, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, thinking I was still inside the building. And I heard the audible voice of the Lord again and said, Johnny, you are safe. Get up on your feet. And uh, go run for your life and go tell my people that I love them and I want to give them a second chance. Now, I understand you were a couple of weeks in the burn unit. And what happened? Yeah, so um, after I jumped up on my feet at that time, the lower half of my body was still on fire and had blew some parts of my clothes off. And um, my face and hands was burned up pretty bad. And then the paramedics came and um, escorted me to the hospital. And um, and the paramedics, he was a Christian guy, so he asked me about two, three times that I know the Lord, and I told him yes. And um, and he said this was his ministry where he get to reach a lot of people when they go through a lot of hardship and devastation in their life. And then they they took me to the hospital and had everybody waiting outside, like an emergency, and they rolled me into an emergency room. And the um, the doctor came in and said, "Um, you got burned in your face and hands a lot in different parts of your body. And they said, uh, getting burned is one of the worst, the worst pain you can ever experience as a human being on earth, they said, because you, your own body is on fire and you, sm- you smell your own flesh burning. And the worst thing is you live through it. And they said, so, um, 
So we uh, we learned not to lie to our burn patients, but um, just be honest with them and tell them the truth and let them make the decision, you know, if they want to live or die. But my wounds wasn't life and death. It was about second-degree burns. And the doctor said, we can't guarantee your hearing. Your ears got burned up pretty bad. We can't guarantee breathing because you probably took a lot of heat inside your lungs while you was in the fire. Uh, you need skin graft. And we can't guarantee the skin graft will always work out. We take skin from other parts of your body and put it on your hands and, and other areas. And uh, my hair was skin. Uh, uh, my hair was uh, uh, burnt pretty bad. Eyelashes, ears over my eyes. Uh, I was, you know, really swelled up um, from the heat of the um, body to my body, so everything was swelled up on me. And so they left out. And um, the Holy Spirit kind of came into the room and said, um, "The devil meant it for your hurt, but I'm gonna use it for the glory of God." Uh, no skin graft, no surgery, no hearing, no breathing problems. We're going to give you everything back supernatural. Um, I'm going to just leave your hands for an example so the hands will be your testimony. Wow. So you were in God's hands, and uh, the healing uh, it was supernatural. And, uh, and, and you hear the word... Uh, Two C M, you know, like uh, what? The, what is that all about? Oh, yes, right, second chance or something. Yes. So while I was in what the hospital, yes, while I was in the hospital, the Holy Spirit came to me and said that. Um, he said, "So your hands would be an example, you know, to be your testimony." He said, reason number one, um, if you ever think about going back to the world system or to the streets and stuff, he said, um, look at your hands as an example that uh, you're supposed to be dead and I give you a second chance. And he said, them streets always will be there. You know, you don't beat the streets. They'll be there. They've been there before you came. When you go on the streets, they'll be there. And he said, reason number two, your hands will be your example, a testimony. If you're ever having a hard time in life and kind of things are down and out, not working out for you in your Christian journey, he said, look at your hands. I gave you a second chance. You're supposed to have been dead. And then he said, the third reason, if anybody ever asks what's going on with your hands, you let them know that uh, Father God did a miracle in your life, and he wants to do a miracle to them. So he said, um, so that's, that's what began the journey of um, my evangelistic ministry called Second Chance. He said, Father God loves you, and he has given you a second chance. And um, so the abbreviation of the ministry is 2CM, which stands for Second Chance Ministry, almost like an acronym, like 2CM. <laughs> wow. And that was a call by the Lord to receive a mantle, the highest authority of that ministry, and you had it. And yeah. you started going on mission trips aboard, abroad, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, having already gone to India and South Africa. And now mm. you stop in Cape Town, South Africa, and it changes your life. What, what happened there? Yes, that was my second uh, trip to uh, Cape Town, South Africa, ministering. And um, that's where I met my wife over there named Evelyn. Didn't know the Lord had a wife for me uh, waiting overseas. Um, but we, uh, we met, and about a year later, we, uh, we married in Cape Town, South Africa. 
So that's her hometown with all her family and all her relatives and everything. And then we came back to the States and continued to do ministry. And uh, this season of our life, we're looking forward to getting back over there. She hadn't been home in about 17 years, but we're looking forward to getting back over there very soon in this season of our life. Well, we stand in agreement with you on that. And uh, and within the next year, I, I speak it as a revelation and a hope and a dream. And uh, I understand that uh, you were being tested of your faith in having children. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have been married for about um, 10 years, and we had, not, we had planned on starting our family about uh, three years after marriage. But um, we ended up being about 10 years later when we started. So after we was married, she came to the States for three years. We just flourished in, in evangelism, having fun, doing the ministry, teams of people. But we noticed in our new marriage, there was still a lot of um, that childhood wound that was still in me from my, my, my home, uh, Detroit, the broken home. And then my wife realized that she had some trauma from her childhood that had not been resolved when she gave her heart to the Lord. So we closed the ministry down, and it, for the next seven years, we went on this amazing journey uh, learning about what we would call inner healing, healing the broken heart, healing all these broken parts that was in our heart. Because even though we were saved and on fire and doing all this ministry and praying with people, getting people saved, seeing people get healed, we still had these orphan wounds inside of our heart. So our Christian life was more like a, um, it was more like a, a duty or a mission that we was doing and not a relationship with the father. You know, we was doing a lot of nice religious things, but it was not out of the, the relationship we needed to have with our father. So we took that time off and found some amazing people who sat down and ministered to us about healing of the broken hearts and get all them broken parts and father wounds and issues and hurting pains and lives that, that we were still living out of in our Christian journey get a lot of the fear, and that's what was causing some complications in our new marriage as well. And uh, so Evelyn, um, they sat down and took Evelyn through this inner healing cleansing journey and then took me through, and that thing changed so much of our life. We didn't realize how wounded we were still and how broken we were. So what the Lord showed us is that we got saved, but we didn't get healed, delivered, and set free of a lot of the brokenness that was in our life and our bloodline. And, uh, and that, that was causing a lot of problems in our mirror. So that took about seven years to get us, get us free to our new identity, our relationship with the Lord, where it's not religion, our performance, our works and routine, where it becomes a relationship, and now it becomes an adventure in our life. And then we start having children. <laughs> now, uh, there, there was a change a couple of weeks ago. Tell, tell the audience uh, how... Healing of the body and the minds and soul changes things. Go ahead, tell them. Yeah, so we just had um, um, our second baby, um, which she is a girl. Her name is Evangeline, and I was there. Uh, she's about six months. No, no, she's about six, seven weeks old right now. But we had our first son ten years after we was married. His name is Jalen, and then um, and then it took us about six years later to have our daughter. Um, which is now Evangeline. And so because the men, Evelyn, 
Joseph made that huge sacrifice after we had been married to have our children, it gave us that time for us to really get to know each other because married in the mission field, you didn't get time to really properly date the right way. And uh, so we spent that, that 17 years doing that. And then we got cleaned out and healed, which makes us a whole lot better parents to our children. Because when you have children, it takes a whole lot of patience. <laughs> and whatever wounds you have in your life that has not been resolved from your childhood, them children will bring it out. <laughs> so, uh, so we just thank God that we found these beautiful people in the kingdom of God that knew how to sit us down and love on us and walk us through all these territorial issues in our life and got their stuff cleaned out so we can enjoy our journey as Christians. Because when you don't get that stuff resolved in your life, even though God still have a great calling on our life and we're still Christians, our life will be very territorial. We'll live our life with a very controlling ministry, controlling marriage, children, and so that freedom that they gave us in Christ years later after our salvation, now it gave us, gave us a new lease on life. And we're like new people to enjoy our children and enjoy going out telling the world about salvation and also telling them about that freedom in Christ that everybody needs. Now, how many years have you been doing this? So the freedom that we um, experience ourselves, we call it the journey or inner healing, or healing of the broken heart and learning the Father's love. We've been doing that for a little over uh, uh, 10 years in our life now. And, um, How long? We have, uh, it's been a little over 10 years now. Okay. Yeah. And, and we have uh, had... Go ahead. Uh, tell them about the Second Chance Ministries and what you do through that. Yeah, so that is, um, so as evangelists now, you know, as an evangelist, you know, our heart desires to go out and uh, win souls and um, see how many people we could bring into the kingdom. But um, now we have a heart desire to do that and a heart desire to see people get free. Because what we learned through the 10 plus years of taking people through our, what we call our discipleship model, the inner healing, healing of the broken heart, the Father's love. So what we have learned is that we have met a lot of people who have went through the same journey we have went through where they get saved, but they don't get set free. And, um, and we realizing now how important that is when you come to Christ is uh, Christ wanted to get you saved in eternal life and forgive you for your sins. And then he wanted to do deliverance on your life from a lot of demonic oppression in your life. Then he wanted to do um, deliverance from any generational patterns or habit patterns, familiar spirits or curses in your life. Then he wants to do deliverance from any curses that you may have opened the door to or caught practices that you didn't know about. And then he wants to do the inner healing of the broken heart and get all that trauma cleaned out of your life. And then that brings healing to your emotions. That brings healing to relationships, finances, your health, healing to your children. And then he wants to empower our life. So we, that's, that's what our ministry is now. Still evangelistic, go out for different events on to reach people in the public. Uh, public place, but when they get saved, now we 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 very intentional about them getting saved and intentional about them getting free of all that trauma and issues that trips them up on their Christian journey today, and where they still struggle with things like porn or pornography or addictions, and they don't know why, and they feel bad, they feel terrible being a Christian, and still have these issues, and it's not their fault. There was a time I would judge them, but now we realize you get saved, but you don't get free. It's not your fault. And it, it, it causes you to live a very raggedy Christian life or not a very successful life. 
So now we go in there with the love message of the Father that God loves you so much, and he loves you so much that he sent your son that you be saved and then that you be healed, cleaned out, and set free, and then you be empowered to go enjoy your journey. Wow, that's awesome. You you cover everything. And uh, I, I bet you uh, even go into the prisons uh, yes. to take those who had no hope and to give them hope. Uh, tell us what else you do. Yes, yeah, so we um so we do um we do a lot of prison evangelism and um before I went through all of this father's love and any healing I would just go in there and preach the gospel, get them saved and tell them, Go live your life. <laughs> now I go in there with the love of the father. I don't go in there beating them up about their life and condemning them about their life for the sin they live in because that's not the heart of the father. You know, God so loved that he gave. And uh so we go in there with the love of the father message now and let them know that uh God loves you so very much. And, and the Lord gave me a revelation with our new message is where the Father, our Heavenly Father, steps in the footsteps of your earthly dad when you have bad things happen to you. And what do your earthly dad say? Oh, son, I so apologize that that happened to you today. So our Heavenly Father gave us a message to say he loves you and he apologized for all the warfare you've been through. And he didn't allow it. He didn't let it happen. He didn't want it to happen. But he was right there when it happened. And he never left or forsake you. And he was feeling all the hurt and pain you went through. So he know exactly what you're going through. And your heavenly father would say the message we take to people outside in the prisons that Father God wants to give you justice for all the injustice that's been in your life. Because life has been unfair. You know, this whole warfare started with the fall. And then you probably, like most of us, come out of a broken home. And then things just happen in life, world events, like the coronavirus or wars that happen. And injustice happens. And Father God said, I want to pay you back for the years you lost and all the hurt and pain you went through. I want to restore your dreams, goals, and desires for your life. And then we go tell them that God has already forgiven you of all your sins. All you have to do is repent for the kingdom of God is here, the new government that want to come in and administrate everything in your life, clean you up, get you healed, and now you go out there and be a light to the world and tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, the thing is, is that I know you've written a book and you've done a CD that, you know, there is so much that we've covered, you know, in this program, we can't do it justice. So what did, what books did you write? Yes, yeah, so the Lord has um, blessed me with the opportunity to write a book about my testimony, um, about the testimony with um, coming out of a broken home, the church fire, and uh, coming into the Lord. And then I've had opportunities to write a book about um, I knew. I like to say, people like to say, when you get all free and cleaned out, it's like you've been born again again. Because <laughs> when I, I got saved, I was on fire for the Lord when I got saved. But what I did know is that the church home that I, I gave my life to uh, the pastor at that time didn't know anything about the grace message, so he didn't know that he was preaching the law. So I got saved, but he put us back into the law of guilt and condemnation and works and performance. And now we live in an orphan life trying to live up to God's expectation, trying to be goody two-shoes. We're trying to change ourselves. We're trying to fix ourselves. We're trying to be these great Christians. And that was never the heart of the Lord. So we wrote books and stuff about that was never God's plan for you to change you, to be strong, to solve your problem, to work your issues out all your addiction and struggles. It was never your job to fix you. It was never your job to be a great Christian or try to read and pray every day. That's never was your job. 
Your job was to call upon the Lord, and he comes in and partner with you on your journey and get you free. So now we wrote materials about the love of God, the grace of God, that he wants to partner with you to live the greatest Christian adventure of your life. But he don't want you to go out there trying to be a good Christian. So that was never your job. Your job is to come into this relationship and let Christ live his life through you. And, man, your life become a great adventure from that day on. Now, I have something written down here, info at johnnyd.org. What's that? Yeah, so that's how you can uh, reach, uh, reach me. That is our website. Uh, Johnny, our website is johnnyd.org, and our email address is info at johnnyd.org. Um, that's how people can contact us and get in touch with us about Second Chance Ministry. For people who are looking for a second chance, uh, they're looking for the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, the fellowship of the person, Holy Spirit, and they're looking to get free so they can move forward into their journey, their purpose, and destiny that Father God has for them on planet Earth today. Wow. And uh, do you speak at churches? Yes, we are definitely available. Um, my wife, she goes out and share her testimonies a lot. I'm available to go out and preach the gospel, share our testimony, share the revelation of all this good news that Father God has given us. And uh, so Father God is calling me now in my mission with this new revelation of the Father's love. He said, one of my assignments, he, was, he wants me to reach one million baggy pants, fatherless young men in the United States of America. He said, um, I want to bring one of the greatest revivals, Johnny, to the United States that I've ever seen and finally clean up the eyesore of these angry, mad, wounded, baggy pants, fatherless young men. And he said, now that you have the message of the Father, you just simply go out and just share that message, and it will hit their hearts and bring them in. He said, the season will come where I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh, and they will be like fish jumping in the net saying, I need a second chance. And he said, um, they're gonna, when they come into the kingdom, we know how to properly get them free, healed, and clean from all the issues and struggles and addictions in their life, curses in their life, traumas in their life, pains and demonic oppression. We know how to get them free, know how to pour in the love of the Father and build them up as uh, men and women of God, especially the young men, uh, with the Father's love. And he said uh, they would be fathers to every baby they had. He's going to do it supernatural. They would get married to the single women in the high-crime, low-income communities, and put the families back together. They would get jobs and get off the system costing taxpayers billions of dollars in and out of jails and prison and all the shootings and the gangs and drugs and crime that's going on. And he said a legacy is going to be when I partner with other men who would like to go out and partner with all women too. He said a legacy would be to put an end to fatherlessness in this country, trafficking and abortion in this country, reaching the fatherless generation. That's awesome. And you know, there are listeners right now that never made that commitment that you once made because of difficulties within the family. And, uh, you know, it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Well, he couldn't possibly... <laughs> Love me, you you don't know what I've done, says one person. And I said, he knows it all. And he's yes. still saying this, 
that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, that's the word, whoever Mm -hmm. believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You mean this is open to anybody? Amen. That's right. It's a, you don't have to earn it. I thought you had to earn it by being good, and then that that's not the truth. He's saying to you that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh, and the next verse says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that that the world should be what? Saved through him. Johnny D, give those whose hearts have been changed with this testimony an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior now. Because tomorrow could be too late. Go ahead, Johnny D. Yeah, so Father God loves you so very much, and he wants a relationship with you today. And he want to, um, he want to heal that broken heart. He want to get you delivered from anything that you're struggling and dealing with. That's, that's his job for you, not for you to fix yourself or change yourself. And Father God loves you, and he knows you made a lot of mistakes and bad decisions, so don't. Don't beat yourself up and feel guilty and feel terrible. Hey, I'm John the Bible said, The Bible said when the fall started um, that our hearts was broken and filled with sin, so it was a sin disease that was given to us, and now he sends Jesus the Savior to clean our hearts up and give us a brand-new clean heart so we can go out and love ourselves, love God, love people, and uh, enjoy our life and learn how to fight the good fight. So all you have to do is simply say, Father God, uh, I repent of my sins. I've heard the message. I've heard the good news. I welcome and invite you in my life that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Savior of the whole wide world, and you so love that you gave your one and only Son. So I accept Jesus Christ in my life today. I repent of my sins. I forgive everybody who has hurt me and wounded me. And, Father God, I thank you for you forgiving me of all my sins. And I thank you for your kingdom to come into my life and resurrect and change and transform everything in my life from all on. So, Father, I give you my life today, and um, I look forward to my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that is the most, the most uh, eye-opening and healing prayer that you'll ever make in your life. And, uh, you know, we also mentioned that we're going to be taking communion. And uh, a lot of people have never opened the Bible, but uh, now they realize that there's promise and hope and love of the Father and His Son right in the covers of that that book, the Bible, the Holy Bible. And in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26, it says this, 
and the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us take that bread or, or cracker. Let's come before him and uh, let's break it as he did and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Lord, we do that now in remembrance of you. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, thank you. And then after that, in the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Interesting. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death un- <coughs> excuse me, until he comes. And this is awesome because he's coming for some of you before you pass into the heavenlies, <laughs> into heaven. He's coming before you while you are still here on earth. Nobody knows the hour and the day, but he had promised that he would come. Thank you, Lord, for you, and we take this now, for it is the blood of the Lamb of God that was that was slain, that now covers our sins, and they are remembered no more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, I just want to uh, tell you that there's uh, been a lot of a lot of war because the enemy knows his time is short. And so I'd like to close with this prayer. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the full armor of God. Yes, Lord. I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand in the truth of your word so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. 
I put on the breastplate of righteousness, may it guard my heart from evil, so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so that your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. That's like Johnny D. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, of denial, and deceit, so that I will be not vulnerable to spiritual defeat. Mm-hmm. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of the Spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands, so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. And by faith, your warrior has put on the full armor of God, and that is what Johnny D has done. And he's saying, I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. Amen. Johnny D, thank you for your service. Thank you for your commitment to the souls that have yet to know the Lord. And thank you for those that have repeatedly been treated with the truth that has set the captives free. Amen. Amen. And Shannon, it's over to you. Great word today. What would you like to title the broadcast, Brother Gary? Oh, yes. And uh, I'd like to uh, mention that. Are you missing the call on your life? Excellent. And Brother Gary, how can people contact you in your ministry? Oh, it's justintimeministries.com. You'll find everything you need to hear and, and learn about. And uh, we'll forward any messages that come our way to Johnny D. He's been part of our spiritual family, and I've been to his some of his meetings and uh, I tell you he and Evelyn have brought light where there was darkness and happiness where there was nothing but sadness the truth will set you free Brother Johnny thank you for coming on that was a powerful testimony my friend and Brother Gary please sure be sure to get Brother Johnny D back on soon Oh, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> you don't let the goals of God's focus go unattended. <laughs> That's right. Amen. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you both thank for coming you, on. Thank you, Johnny D, and thank you, Evelyn. She's a blessing. Amen. Thank and you, Sister Evelyn. look at the blessing of a daughter because of his faithfulness and his determination to follow through and do the works of God. Everyone listening, you answer the call. Amen. Thank you, Brother Johnny. Thank you, Brother Gary. See you next time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Johnny D. Thank you, thank you. Folks, let me save this and we'll be right back. 